do we explain to the kids that their friends and siblings had to suffer tuberculosis and diarrhea because they needed to quench thirst? What tales shall we tell? Welcome to the maiden edition of Poetry on Air. And I am your host, I am Badibo Motsunayo. You can address me as gold, you can address me as Motsunayo. Poetry on Air is designed mainly for your listening pleasure, to bring poetic entertainment to you. And here with me, I have a friend, a scholar. I have Rukoyat. They say big things could come from a small vessel. I have a wonderful friend. Your smile is as bright as the sun. Yes or yes? Thank you. <laughs> Rukaya, please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Rukaya Togumano. I'm a 400 level student in mass communication and I'm a poet, I'm a writer. I do quite a lot of things and I'm really honored to be here today. You're very welcome. Thank you. So, Rukaya, what is poetry? What drives you to poetry? To a layman, explain what poetry is. Okay, I'd like to start by saying that from secondary school, there's this definition of poetry that has been stuck with me. And even though I can't remember the full definition, it's something like they describe poetry as a spontaneous wave of emotions. So it's basically, poetry is just basically you expressing life through words, expressing your emotions, expressing your thoughts, your feelings, true words in the most creative way possible and the most energetic and spontaneous way possible. So that's it. Oh, okay. So how do I express I love you in a poetic way? It depends. It depends on how you want to express it. You can use different figures of speech and, you know, all of that stuff and your couple with your emotions and all of that. So everything comes together at the end of the day to create to create poetry. Okay, poetry is a different mode of entertainment. I feel I'm right, yes or yes? Yeah. But then in our contemporary society, it doesn't look like it's well appreciated. Why do you think so? <clears throat> well, from my own experiences with people, I've had a few people who say stuff like they don't particularly enjoy poetry or they don't understand poetry. That's, that's what majority of people say. And I feel like it's because of the fact that they do not understand or they are not inclined to probably interpret poetry the way they're supposed to. Like, they don't come down to, like, listen and allow themselves to enjoy poetry. They just feel, what is this combination of words? And they probably feel it's some, just some sort of unnecessary expressions. However, for people who enjoy art, People that say they don't enjoy poetry are people who most likely do not have interest in art. But for people who enjoy art, definitely they will enjoy poetry. And I feel like it's, it's very necessary that um, begin to have programs and, you know, innovations like this where poetry is expressed and appreciated. Okay. Music has to do with rhythms and lines. How about poetry? Uh, poetry has to do with words, stanzas. It also has to do with readings and rhymes. Okay. Yes. But then it, my you know, there are different types of poetry. Okay. So, it, de it depends on what you are writing. You can decide to write a free verse where you just, you know, express yourself without following any rhythm or... But poetry definitely has to come in stanzas. And stanzas. Yes. And in rhythm. Yes. Not, with the, not with a beat. 
No. You don't need it, a beat. It, it, you don't necessarily need a beat. But for performance, if you want to do spoken words, you can decide to play something underneath. On exactly. Okay, okay. And then recite your poetry. Yeah, so it's just for the extra energy and emotion. Okay. So, music uh, has genres. So, does poetry also have genres? Mm, I would say that that depends on the poet. Okay. Yes, I would say that that depends on the poet and how the poet is expressing his or her emotions, right? So for me, I do not like to particularly limit myself to any genre. I wouldn't call myself your number one fan, but I'm a fan of your works. And I came across What Tale Shall We Tell? So what inspired you to write in this or creating this masterpiece of art? Mm. Okay, thank you for that question. Uh, apparently, the day I wrote this poem, it was in the midnight. Okay. Okay, it was one of the days when we had our... I'm a student of mass communication, like I mentioned earlier. So we usually have departmental magazine production and all of that. So there was this particular day, it was a night class, where we had to work on a particular magazine. So there was a picture I saw, a picture of a lady and I think her children, probably two children, fetching water from... And obviously dirty sauce, like the water was really dirty, colored, okay. you know. And it was, it seemed to me like that was probably the only option they had at that time. That would probably be the water they would drink, they would used to bathe and all of that. So it really touched me. And then my, my, I think it was the editor-in-chief then, he assigned me to that picture. He said I should write something on it. So I took up the task and I did. And then I put my emotions and, you know, I've not personally had experience with uh, using dirty water or not being privileged enough to have access to clean water. But I've seen and I've heard and I've read, you know. So I put all of that together, plus the emotions that that picture evoked in me. And I created the poetry. What tale shall we tell? Aside what tale shall we tell, what other masterpiece do you have? Ah... Masterpiece. I won't say they are masterpieces, but for me, these are masterpieces. They are very oh, beautiful. Thank you. I'm honored. I have two that I've officially, you know, presented or recited. Okay. The first one is um, on being there. Yeah, on being there. That one was directed at encouraging people to be there for each other. You know, when someone is going through downtime, or not necessarily even going through downtime, just being there for each other, being brought, I mean, encouraging brotherhood and sisterhood, you know. Then there was another one I did on rape, yes. So those two, basically, I have... I'd love to see those two, to listen to those other two. So what was that driving force that drove you, or what, should I say, what inspired you into poetry? I'd actually uh, had interest in poetry since... I was very young. So I, I used to write, I started writing at a very early age. And then my literature teacher in secondary school, he really helped matters because growing up I was really very shy and I probably even had low self-esteem, you know. So it was really hard for me to come up on stage and present or act dramas or perform, you know. And my literature teacher was always so particular about it. Eventually, he let me go. I wasn't willing to, you know, do anything. But then. I was inspired from there. I saw how much energy and, you know, passion he put into expressing art. So fast forward to when I got into the university, I got my, one of my poems published in a magazine, and then I showed it to my roommates when I got back home. 
and they said I should recite it. I was like, okay, should I? Okay. And then I went ahead and did. And they were impressed. They said they really liked it. So it, it made me get interested in doing spoken words officially. Okay. I'd like our listeners to enjoy the poetry of what tale shall we tell. But aside what tale shall we tell, can you give us the luxury of another poetry? Or just you're just going to give us what tale we should tell? I'll just do what tale shall we tell okay, for today. For today, okay. Yes. Uh, you have the floor, Mona Lisa. All right. What tales shall we tell? Tales of how we live in wanting, how we've lived having to endure a lifesaver as a scarce commodity. What tales do we tell to the children of the infested water that we drink? And how we screamed of disapproval as we force it out of its stagnancy? How do we teach our children colors, differentiating transparent from colored? Showing them clean water in a dirty, stagnant pool and teaching them greenish substances in water and nutrients. How do we explain to the kids that their friends and siblings had to suffer tuberculosis and diarrhea because they needed to quench thirst? That this father battled with skin disease ever since he decided to have a bath. Would we have to sit our children down and educate them as we do sex and puberty on the reasons why we drink disease into our bellies and the justification for washing our sweat in filth? How shall we explain to these children that the long miles they had to walk didn't serve justice to them? But was worth it because at least liquid washed off poo and pee? And at least the end them a survival even though not a favorable one. When should we tell the kids to stop jubilating at diseased water and to stop observing personal hygiene, to stop awaiting mother's breast milk because she had no edible liquid within her? Well, maybe when we die of thirst and our washed bodies begin to smell of filth, maybe they shall then understand the water narrative. Maybe they shall cry, smile, laugh at the irony and ridiculousness or they hold on to their golden saliva just to see if another day I wait. Thank you. What tale? Shall we tell? That was beautiful. Yeah, I had several things to pick from it. I had where we wash our skins with from filth and it was beautiful. So going to one of the verses or stanza, you said, what would we have to see our children down to educate them as we do to sex and puberty. Please explain. It's quite ironical, I know, right? Yeah. Okay, so apparently the message I was trying to do, the message I was driving at there was these people are using dirty water to bathe and to do a whole lot of other things that they do. So I was being ironical there. I know that in a kind of society, our parents, well, let's just say that people do not exactly educate children on sex and puberty is always something people talk about in you know private and treat like it's something strange so to say you understand so when i wrote when i wrote that line i was trying to pass a message that do we have to how do we educate children to stop i mean to to identify because they they use water with greenish substances they sometimes use colored water so how do we tell the children that this is this is Feel. the kind of water you're supposed to be using to bathe or this is not the kind of water 
that you're supposed to be using to bait. You know, you really can't tell that to children. They just know that they're using something to bait and all of that. So that was the message I was trying to drive at. So this other, this other that stop awaiting a mother's breast milk because she has no other edible liquid, liquid within yes. her. Yes, in such a setting, um, they obviously do not have access to clean water. So for a mother that is breastfeeding, she might not even have, you know, nutrients or she might not have, she might not have eaten enough or taken, drank enough water to be able to produce breast milk for her child. Exactly. So that was what I was driving at there. So I was trying to examine all the, not just, not just the effects of dirty water at that point, but the cycle how it goes on to affect children and mothers and you know I touch skin, I touch drinking water, I touch you know a whole lot of other things. Maybe they shall cry or smile or laugh at the irony of this ridiculousness. One day we shall understand the narrative of water. That will be all on poetry on air. I am still my humble self. I am gold. Um,